feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Untitled Movie Reviews. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Hello, Matt. Do you like scary movies? I do, Eric. I do. Yes, today we are finally reviewing Radio Silence's Scream 2022, uh, starring Melissa Barrera, Mason Gooding, Jenna Ortega, Jack Quaid, Marley Shelton, uh, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Nev Campbell, and more. Um, before we get going, I will say uh, this will be a spoiler-filled review of uh five cream and shout out to the kind of funny crew for uh the five five cream that i've been using uh go listen to their interview as well they had a really great conversation about the movie uh when they were able to see it when it actually came out uh so eric and i uh we didn't get to see the movie until recently because uh, theaters in ontario were closed um eric saw it a, a week or two ago i recently saw it this week finally um and I've been dying to talk about it. Scream, one of my favorite horror franchises, uh, a franchise that I revisit uh, quite frequently. Uh, and I'm very excited to talk to Eric. I'm just kind of stalling because I want people to know we're going to spoil this movie. So if you don't want to hear spoilers and you haven't seen it yet, um, I do think it's worth seeing without saying really anything. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, I have quite a few issues with it, but it's still a scream movie, and if you like this franchise, I do think that you'll at least have a little bit of fun with this. Um, that being said, Eric, I don't know if you want to say anything before we go into spoilers quickly. Ghostface is the host with the most. <laughs> okay, okay, we're gonna start spoiling the movie, everyone. So, uh, so ready or not? Hey, love that. Um, how you doing, Eric? This was our first movie back in theaters right since yep. the the shutdown again so and it was I mean, another paramount movie that we were itching to see in the same right. way that Tenet. a quiet place part two oh, yeah. was that film that you know people were seeking out through the drive-in in the summer and you know i think we both saw it though on like amazon prime i did yeah, yeah. so um and i probably would have watched scream on demand i am glad i went to a theater i still uh, we went to clarington cinemas and saw it so that was fun i haven't been there in a decade uh because we went to go visit my parents on the weekend and that's the closest theater to them um they have full recliners there like landmark but it's a weird this is so local that no one listening to this cares <laughs> but like it's it's one of those old like it doesn't even have stadium seating theaters so you know like ajax or if you're in toronto the rainbow cinemas and shit like that where it's just like the like the slanted floors but they have full recliners so it was kind of weird and and quaint um to be in this old crummy cineplex theater watching scream like how it should be because nevis and i went to go see the original in ajax uh, a few months ago and saw the first one on the big screen for I think the first time for both of us um, but it was fun to get back to the theater there was only one other group of people with us they talked throughout the whole thing but it, it's fine did you um, tell them to shut up no 
I talked about this a little bit on the 114th Untitled Movie Podcast, which you guys should go check out. We talked about Oscar nominations and different things like that. I'm trying to be better, Eric. Not better. You got as soft, in, Matt. You need to I put know. more of that five think, cream on. I think the escape room experience like broke me so much. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. What like the first movie back? I'm like, I'm gonna get stabbed. Ah, um <laughs> so i didn't want to and they weren't like they were pretty far behind us and like a horror movie i horror comedy and kids movies i kind of give people a, a pass because i feel like they encourage engagement from the audience and like especially in a whodunit jump scary slasher movie like a bunch of teenagers are in the back and they're talking to one another it didn't really hurt the experience but anyways uh five cream Yep. Eric, do you want to kick it off? Like what what is this iteration of Scream? Even the title, a little bit of a spoiler. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, Five Cream as it has been affectionately called is basically a reboot sequel. Um there's a turn of phrase within the film that is called a requel that is kind of what they're trying to pitch. I I think most people will still when it comes to legacy sequel when it comes to uh film criticism and writing but you got to appreciate the attempt to kind of do something new with the combination of it and and, yeah yeah, and obviously you know a big part of why people go to see uh the scream movie specifically is sort of the meta commentary on the state of horror movies and since this is the you know first one back since what like 10 years ago was 2011 was, was yeah. yeah the uh scream four so you know you you get a lot of um sort of references and commentary on elevated, elevated horror, horror and yeah. so the babadook it follows a lot of the a24 stuff um robert eggers uh, uh ari uh, uh yeah yeah uh, and and yeah. and toxic fandom ari in general Aster. and that's kind of interesting as well because it's like, thesis is about toxic fandom yeah it's it's a very you know we were talking on the uh you know the regular show that you have a lot of whodunits coming out and it's funny that in this world ryan johnson directed the stab eight stab eight the 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 one that none of the fans liked and in a way direct reference to last jedi yeah yeah and and knives out was kind of a reactionary film to the toxic fandom of you know people of star Wars fans reacting to you know like there was a little bit of like this sly kind of commentary there and 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 five cream is kind of doing that with horror fans specifically how you know a lot of of fandom not even just horror but like just well just 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 online fandom but 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 there's always been a, a weird kind of place when it comes to slasher movies specifically when it's sort of looking back at like you know halloween obviously being the big one and it kind of scream following in its footsteps even to the point where you know this legacy sequel is also doing the same thing that david gordon green's halloween kind of did in bringing you know jamie lee curtis back into the fold you get nev campbell you get courtney cox you get david arquette with a new cast of actors kind of you know taking skeet. on you get skeet <laughs> you do get skeet i think that was kind of the biggest surprise that it was a huge surprise that though. i didn't have any idea that that was Same. coming 
I didn't at all, dude. It caught me so off guard. B.H. Ulrich, you know. <laughs> I was not. I was not. Those bangs are back and ready for action. Uh, it makes no sense why she well, would be seeing him like that. I also like, wasn't sure because I, guess I know because you the rewatched stuff, the, the, yeah. the movies recently. I was trying I to like all of them. Yeah. Okay. Who is who is the mother? Was the mother in one of the previous? No. Films? So the mother they allude to we don't so know melissa barrera's character yeah. who's kind of the new sydney prescott um she was in uh in the heights is kind of the new final girl um and probably will be you know the, the, the one the moving new, forward yeah right? lead moving forward um who and i hate to i hate to start this way didn't think she was very good <laughs> I like, didn't I, mind her. I, I thought honestly, I, dude, she's no. Time, she's uh, this is this is gonna sound bad. She's no she, Nev Campbell. <laughs> no, she's no worse than Nev Campbell was yeah. in that first movie. That's because Nev Campbell's not. And great I don't in that think you need. Film. I agree. I, I, dude, I absolutely. I mean, it's agree. all about the magic need, of Matthew. Lillard. I, I absolutely agree, and I, I don't mean that as like a, um, a slight. I just it was distracting at times for me because I felt like everyone else in the cast was really good, which the, uh, the screen movies, the supporting casts I think are always a lot of fun. And I agree with you that Nev Campbell wasn't great in, in I mean, a lot of, of a lot of, but you of don't the, need the original cast isn't yeah. great, but what's kind of interesting looking back at it this. now as a time capsule is a lot of those actors that were in that first movie you know, where they are in like the 25, 26 years that would follow and how, you know, they had been popping up in other roles. I mean, I joked about Matthew Lillard, but he did really good work in both Twin Peaks, The, supporting the Return, cast. Yeah. And, and even in The Descendants. But but looking like, like just to see where all of those actors went after that first movie, it'll be interesting to see where this new group of young actors goes in the next little bit. I mean, I, I mentioned Melissa Barrera already being in, in the Heights, yeah, Heights uh, right. Jenna Ortega, who plays her younger sister, who's in the opening sort of prologue of the, of the film. And that was the thing that I was, I think I was most disappointed with because the prologues in the first two scream films I've always been so iconic right? are, are the best parts of those movies. Even and the third one, which I don't like yeah. with a hundred percent cotton <laughs> yeah. um, is, is, is a good sequence. And, and I like Jenna Ortega. I think she's actually quite, I, I like her a film. lot in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, and I still got to watch the fallout as well. Um, that's, but I digress. Um, but that opening sequence, even though it kind of gets into like settling into like, oh, it's going to talk about elevated horror. We're going to go back to, you know, referencing the first the stab movie, movie yeah. as well and with like Heather stream, Graham yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like the original versus, you know, a new version, and all this kind of stuff. And it just it was a little underwhelming, even though it also sets a tone that this is going to be quite brutal in its kills. Yeah. Um, and also different because she survives, right? Because, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. usually the, the, the people in the opening uh, prologue I die horribly. I would have liked stunt casting, though. Like, I would have liked the big name that they kill off right away. I know. And that's going back to some of the points of the movie of me going, oh, I wish they just did what well, they, they did in the other movies. But right? I think there is an intention there because of, spoiler, them killing David Arquette about yeah. halfway through the film, where I think if you were to kill someone, like say if you did bring, 
Nev Campbell back to just kill her off in the beginning. And then you also kill David Arquette halfway through. Maybe the impact wouldn't sure. be the same. And so the thing, the, the thing that I like the most in this movie is David Arquette's performance. He's I think great. this is yeah. the best performance, not only of his in the series as Dewey Riley, but the best performance of his career, because within this slasher social commentary sort of meta horror film you have this weird kind of pseudo gunslinger western you know the old sheriff baby (laughs) coming back yeah coming back into town with that broken arrow riff (laughs) that was originally used in that movie as and now is considered dewey's theme um being used and i really like that he's kind of grizzled and yet he's still willing to help this new generation kind of you know get through what they're what they're about to kind of experience the other thing that i felt was very obvious and i didn't know because i didn't really watch too much of the trailers or you know i think you avoided a lot of the the stuff online but i kind of knew who one of the killers was as soon as i saw her and that was mickey madsen who a lot of people will probably recognize her from once upon a time in hollywood Loves being she, set on fire and, and that also <laughs> i think is is deliberately oh, referencing think, yeah, once totally, upon a time yeah. in hollywood um but as soon as i saw her as like a hundred dollars she's one of the killers it's just it's too obvious and like Even especially Jack knowing Quaid that performance like, though yeah and sorry, I cut you off when you were kind of describing what the movie is about. But I mean, I think everyone kind of yeah, it, it's is, literally a new generation and Woodsboro and are this, it's a spoiler review anyway so. are being um, stalked by uh, Ghostface. Yes, and they're all connected to in some way or another to the original uh, either Killers. surviving members or or deceased members. So uh, Jamie Kennedy's Randy. Uh, <laughs> is the uh, the uncle to the twins played by uh mason gooding son of cuba gooding jr and oh uh, you really have, yeah and then you have uh jasmine uh savoy brown right who is who's really in wonderful in yellow, yellow jackets, jackets and, and the, the leftovers, leftovers. Yeah. um and she's kind of like the the randy in this with the exception of she's a much better actor than jamie kennedy i and like she's him less... in the screen movies but he's i fine. agree that she's a better he, actor and, yes. and and she's less obnoxious like yes. even though she's doing the kind of like film oh, explainy thing yeah yeah i found that like she's more likable overall. and i think she's better than what's his name was in four uh i mean i like rory culkin um i didn't mind um but, hayden um, penetier she Hayden was okay Penetier as, was as, as, yeah. as Kirby because she Kirby was kind of like great. I liked Kirby a lot. I don't yeah. like that movie, but I thought she was I good, Ford, and I Ford really Ford. liked. And I and I don't mean it like I I didn't like seeing him get killed the way he did. But when Anthony Anderson gets killed, <laughs> it <brutal>. is brutal. <laughs> Knife through the head. Um, but 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 and there Adam are Brody who reminds me of Jack Wade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he kind of has that look. But then also, like, there are moments when he does go full serial killer that he does look so much like his dad um especially late dennis quaid movies where like you have something like the intruder where like dennis the way like he smirks and like hides behind corners is kind of weirdly comical and like obviously like jack quaid you are 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 very familiar with because of the boys but you have a lot of up-and-coming actors here who I think will be really interesting to see where they go like in the next 25 years, 26 years of their careers, mm-hmm. because it does feel like 
these people, a lot of them will be seeing quite a bit of not just in screen movies, but just in general. And I think that that's always kind of what I've liked about the screen movies on top of the, you know, the kills and sort of the, the references you look at all four of those movies, especially the, the, the original trilogy, even just the first two films, how many, kind of notable actors there are like even in the second one like timothy oliphant, timothy oliphant yeah. you know sarah michelle geller jada pinkett smith omar epps uh uh rebecca gayhart like it's like it, there, there are tons uh, uh joshua jackson has like an almost a blip blinking you miss it role in in the uh the the film course sequence that when they're talking about like the you got best jerry o'connell that, in the third one <laughs> Well, second one. He uh, he yeah. He's in the second one because he's he's uh Sydney's so Oliphant's in the Oliphant. Timothy oh. Oliphant is also in the second one? Yeah. They're all so the second yeah. one, yeah. So rules. the second yeah. one, the killers are Laurie Metcalf yeah. and Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. And Jackie, yeah. Yeah. Uh just going crazy at the end. It's so silly. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I really love I think all of these movies and love to a certain extent. And I only really I hate think, three. Uh, three's not good, don't get me wrong. I think three is uh, the most objectively bad one out of them, but I yeah. still Except have the beginning. Fun, <laughs> I still have fun watching it. And that's why I think I really enjoy all of these movies in this entire franchise. Cause even though I didn't love five cream, I still, they're still just fun to watch and fun to try to figure out whether it's the kills, the references, the meta humor, just the, just the meta-ness in general. Like I do think this is a retreading a little bit of the stuff that they did in four with reboots and stuff like that. Like they kind of tackled the same subject matter. They just added the elevated horror stuff or the legacy sequel thing, which wasn't really like super, super popular. It just started to kind of take off probably in the early 2010s. But I mean, we've had them before, but now we're getting them left and right. But um, I had fun with the movie. Like I, again, I think it, it has its problems and, and I think it embraces some of the scream silliness and, and, you know, the coincidence or even just like, if you really think about it too hard, you're just like, wait, she was living in Stu's house, but then she was friends with Randy's niece and nephew and they had no problem hanging out at the house where their uh, uncle, he wasn't murdered, but he was no, He was murdered, murdered at the college. Yeah, he was I, the next the year. Van. Sure, I know it'd be, that. It'd be funny if they, she, she was living in the same van. <laughs> he was still there and all of his friends got murdered at that house. And like just the coincidence of them being friends and all the connections is so silly, but like, I think that's kind of part of the fun of this franchise. And I think there was just enough of the old cast. I agree with you that David Arquette, I think is really, really good in this. Um, I think Neb Campbell and Courtney Cox are used sparingly, but I have um, a problem with them being used in it, not because of their performances, but it does feel like we've talked about this with Jurassic park, where it's always harder to get, the the characters back on the island again and it feels like especially sydney is so far removed now like from why would she even yeah. if dewey dies like i didn't like the reaction to dewey dying of them just kind of being like we're sad all right we're good <laughs> like, well i think they're so focused on I know, on, on ending killer, this yeah. that it's like they they there's no time to really to mourn l- him yeah. yeah like i i could understand maybe I mean, obviously Gail coming back to it because of, you know, that's where her career kind of picked up and things like that. But it does feel like those characters are 
more shoehorned into this than anything else. Like in the same way that again, like when you're finding an excuse for Jeff Goldblum to go back or getting Sam Neill to go back to Jurassic Park. Where Arquette um, feels kind of organic. Right? Well, Arquette's like, just always kind of stayed there. Like, yeah. and it kind of makes sense, like even with like how his relationship both, you know, to Courtney Cox in real life, you know, being falling in love, getting married, then getting divorced, but still kind of being friends. And like between Scream 5 or 5 Cream and You Cannot Kill David Arquette, I never dislike David Arquette, but I never really kind of WCW champion David Arquette, but I never really gave much of a thought to him. Yeah. But after watching that documentary and watching this, I actually really kind of like him. Um, and, and, and I think that like him kind of just being that old town kind of like, you know, retired retired sheriff sheriff, kind of still kind of almost in like a weird, you know, middle age arrested development really, works but again like it just does like nev campbell and courtney cox kind of being brought back into the fold doesn't work in the same way i agree with how they get there i i didn't mind the use of them in they're not like the focal point of the movie obviously their history is the focal point of the movie but um, it's all about legacy i agree that like the way you bring them in isn't great and then I don't even love, like I said, how they handle the Dewey stuff, even if I get what they have to do. But I agree that like, well, his death know. is very like, like, again, it's I didn't get like emotional or anything, but I think like his performance and when like he he goes back to sh- try to shoot ghost which is really dumb head. like he's done this I like know seven that, but, times but, like, but shoot. like when he says like it matters to him like you I agree that you feel that totally you know? yeah. i don't like the stupidity which is something that bothered me in but Halloween dewey's Kills. always been a little bit doofus which is like yeah. i which i can scary buy. movie <laughs> and i think it buy i can buy into that more because of the character even though like yeah. you're like why didn't you pull the mask off why didn't you shoot the killer in the head like Dewey you've done this like four or five times now that like you should have done those things but you can get a pass because the character's kind of been aloof or or whatever throughout the series um even though and I also been... think that maybe in the moment as well you're not necessarily clearly thinking Fair. when you've gone through something and also I mean he like it's the not other as thing egregious I... as Halloween kills no 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 no, like, no no but I like that he's also dumb. wearing his scars and you know like just the I like the, the line of the wear and tear. <laughs> yeah, well, the wear and tear though of, yeah, of just having I mean. gone through it all and and so much. I, I think the other thing that I wasn't uh, the biggest fan of when it comes to the references and and thinking how clever the movie is, even though I I, I don't think it is anymore. Scream came at a time where horror movies were kind of at least sort of commercial horror movies there was a drought and the meta kind of aspect or the narrative that was interwoven you know Wes Craven had done that with a new nightmare but that was kind of like a test run and then before that you had uh, a movie called there's something out there which kind of also is kind of considered a precursor to scream and then there's a little bit of that in in um jason lives friday the 13th part six where there's kind of like a winking to the camera you know like you know we're in on the joke now kind of thing but scream was the one that really popularized it in a way 
that kind of felt fresh and cutting edge for the time in the same way that when the matrix came out, it was considered revolutionary. And now when you're having these legacy sequels or requels or whatever you kind of want to call them. Resurrections and this movie, both trying to do similar things. They feel like they're not like they're, they're, they're dated. Like they're not bringing anything new to the table. And there, there are films that have surpassed them in kind of the cleverness of what they're doing. So it's just kind of feels like it's just a sequel and not anything really new. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say. No, I totally get what you're saying. And I don't disagree with what you're saying. And I think the movie tries to get away with that by saying, Oh, we'll, we know, and we'll reference it. Um, like the movie knows what it's doing in, in every death and, you know, ultimately the climax and the reveal and it is derivative, but because they know it's derivative and they reference that it's derivative and that the point is that toxic fandom, all they want is the same thing over and over again, or they want to go back. And you can't meddle with the thing that I Um, feel I have ownership over. Right. So you need to give me what I want and you, it needs to be kind of back to what the original, what I liked about the original. So that's why I think it's interesting. The movie even being titled scream, ultimately having the exact same opening and climax of the first movie, um, the same reveal in the of, same setting in the same setting with the boyfriend with like, which are like the most obvious things, which is why I found myself like a little disappointed in the end of the movie because you go, Oh, okay. They are just, they're, they're going to do that. And the movie knows it's doing that. And it's almost going, yeah, that was what we wanted to do the whole time. We never really tried to hide it that much uh we tried to kind of trick you and but it was pretty obvious i found um and because the movie is self-referential and is doing those things at the matrix i think it does it a little bit better than the matrix resurrection i agree with that as well but um, but you know what i'm saying where it's like okay you know when the original ones for both of those sure it was groundbreaking at that time yeah and now it's like well they're 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 not doing anything that they hadn't already established. I would have liked if they the tried to make film. an elevated horror movie, right? Like yeah. do something like or they that. Or they completely where, like, wild. That's like, what I mean. They, yeah. they add a supernatural element to it now. Where, but then like, that's what they're poking fun of. Matthew eight, Lillard right? comes back with like the TV box. But then that's head. almost a, a more interesting commentary, right? Cause yeah. you're making that commentary in the movie that stab. Cause they kind of try to do that with Skeet Ulrich anyways. Yeah. Cause stab eight goes off the rails a bit, right? In the movie. But if yeah. you would have just made scream five or five cream go off the rails and be something completely different, then you might've actually made some of those fans mad, which ultimately maybe would have been the point of doing it. And then that's kind of where you get into the meta nature of it, of going, yeah, we're going to take what you thought about scream and say, fuck you, we're going to do something crazy with it. Where here, they're ultimately making their thesis statement, but then also giving into those people, because then that's ultimately what the movie they made. They, they even though the heroes, quote unquote, win, ultimately you're giving them the movie that those killers wanted, right? Like if you're looking at the meta levels of it, even though you kill them and you don't let them have whatever, they're still going to 
become famous and and understand that like they were the well it cheaps out on like, that though as well where yeah. it's saying like okay well now gail is not gonna write but about no this. one else is going to yeah like, come on well there I mean, already there's already been a, a, a six is going to be shooting oh, know, this yeah. summer um so it's like okay well how are you going to continue this and i guarantee they'll probably either kill off courtney cox's character or nev campbell you think so opening. like i don't i even think know if i think like, that they, they're they, gonna slowly kill off the original cast or i think so or i or do you leave nev campbell and she's the only one that ends the sole survivor yeah um like again and i want to say like i enjoyed the movie like i thought the kills were gruesome they're not overly creative but like I I had fun with them and well like, Dylan Minnette's um, I think is is I, pretty yeah. brutal when he I gets like stabbed in the neck. Yeah. He does not have a good time when it comes to horror <laughs> movies. Don't yeah. breathe. Yeah. Scream even in prisoners like nothing like physically bad happens to him but a lot of emotional stress. Yeah. And that knife through the neck, that slow knife through the neck is really really brutal. And it's also referencing um, um saving private Ryan like that yeah. one sequence and and like even even Jamie King's death is kind of interesting because it like they talk about like oh no one cares about a character who From, you know is is a late entry yeah. addition and things like that and then like I also kind of laughed it's like the true tragedy of Scream Five is that she didn't get the sushi. <laughs> Do you think they kill her off to try to throw you off that they're gonna kill off Arquette? That's what I assume. And then like, I think a little bit, but even even to throw off that they're going to do a double kill in that scene where they kill off true, both yeah. mother and son and son, and, yeah. and do both and I think in, in a dirty way and because it's right after the sequence when they said they're only going to kill surviving members of the original kind of thing right that's why i think they go to them right yeah um but i agree with you and i i, I shot on melissa barrera a bit i just there was a point where nevis turned to me and went like she's not very good and i'm like nevis i thought the exact same thing and but here's the thing i don't think you need to be very good in these movies so like no. i don't mean that is like i don't think it's a uh, to her acting skills i just think it's a scream movie like again nev campbell wasn't great but she worked and i like her in all four five movies so like it, it's totally fine i like the ryan johnson reference to stab eight and that you know Ghostface has a chainsaw and it's just like over the top <laughs> and ridiculous um i thought that was fun the youtube videos and stuff like that you see kirby for a moment on one of the uh youtube uh thumbnails that she survived and still around so so they'll probably um, bring her back i wouldn't be surprised if she's in six um but yeah i, I agree with you that i like the rest uh, of the cast like and uh, all of their connections to the original ones were all silly um, and that's, I'm like, you all are friends and, and, you know, you hang out at Stu's old house where these murders took place, where your family members were participants or were murdered. And I'm like, it's just, uh, it's just a little weird. Um, and then, yeah, Jack Quaid, they do a good job of making you like him. Um, but I think it was pretty obvious. Like, well, even when, know, like, when Dewey yeah. calls it at the beginning, yeah. it's kind of like, well, maybe you should have just been listening. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's, it's supposed to throw you off where it's like, you're pointing out the obvious, but it's, it can't be the obvious, but it ultimately is sometimes but to get to try to trick you. Thing. They do go yeah. with the obvious because then that, uh, yeah. But I'm also, sh I'm also pretty sure that like with a movie like this, that they probably had like multiple, endings or alternate versions of like okay the killers I think they did were these people that, yeah. or this or like at least in the script stage mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if they shot anything else where they kind of like maybe like did 
sort of audience test screenings and to see yeah. like kind of like what worked the best but i could probably guarantee that there were probably other versions of where it's like okay well like maybe it would be interesting to have you know one of randy's uh you know family members the 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 niece or nephew be one of them yeah. or or this person be it or i or always that, thought it was so. going to come back to stew because my theory watching it which almost came true was that i Father called stew? the bit well, I I thought they were related to Stu. So my theory yeah, wasn't like Mark that, Wahlberg, Father Stu. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that uh, Mikey Madison's character and Jack Quaid were secretly like the you know again maybe niece and nephew, whatever. However, related to Stu, and I thought it was going to be that you know Billy Loomis gets all the credit for those original murders and Stu is the guy everyone forgets about. And I thought that that was going to be their connection was that they had some connection with Stu and that they were actually brother and sister or something like that. And that secretly did this whole thing. And because they were mad that they're, they wanted to give credit where credit was. Stu. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Eric, that was my theory. I got about like 66% right because Stu's house does come back as a, as a focal point, but they, the connection is that Amber moved in there and became obsessed with it or something. Um, and that she's just met, you know, uh, Richie Jack Quaid's character on the Reddit, uh, for the stab movies. So right. I just feel like that connection, I, I like this stuff about toxic fandom and, and things like that. And I, I'm not saying everything needs to be connected to original characters and, and, and things, but like it is that, a stretch but, to go from um, like, hating where a franchise is gone and like being like this weird obsessive diehard fan to like actually trying to murder people orchestrate this grand scheme but i like that silliness of i mean I, yeah it, it right? is very melodramatic and, I, it an, and over the top but and it's an extreme version and there are yeah, people who extreme are extreme crazy fans of things right that do psychotic things oh, maybe no i'm not doubting people. that it's just like it's 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 just interesting like how kind of convenient it all oh, i is agree the with, convenience of it all is yeah. silly and that's part of the thing that takes you out of it a little bit um but it's still like a fun ride going through and people knowing what's happening and referencing it and saying oh like they twist on things of like going into the basement instead of the garage and like they do kind of interesting things to twist some stuff that happened in that original movie. And I think like watching scream one and watching this one, like right after each other could be a lot of fun to kind of see how much they pulled from that first one. And then what excites me more, I am excited for scream six. Cause I, I do think radio silence has a lot of potential. I think ready or not also not a perfect movie um, is a lot of fun. Yeah, we should say um, it's it's Matt. It's two out of the three of them. Yeah, so Matt Bettinelli, uh, Open, yeah, and uh, Tyler Gillette. But also, um, one of the writers is Gary Busick, who uh, helped write Ready or Not. And then the other guy that also is credited as a screenwriter is James Vanderbilt, who wrote uh zodiac yeah um or adapted zodiac and so kevin williamson also uh he does he, he gets like a special thanks right but yeah because it, it it's like it probably like an executive producer but also like based on the characters by kevin williamson but it's also interesting because there's a scene where jenna ortega's character is in the hospital <laughs> yeah, watching, watching dawson's yeah. creek dawson's creek is a show by created kevin by williamson. kevin williamson yeah i love that um 
so yeah, I had fun with it, man. Like I, I and also the, this is the first film that Wes Craven didn't direct. We should also say that yes. because he is for Wes for yeah. Wes, which they really hammer home. Uh, yeah, because Dylan Minnette's character is named Wes. So when they kill him off, they have a um uh like a a party for that a character, toast. a toast to him, and like there was like some Easter eggs that they got all the cast from the other movies to record that for West toast. And they use that audio. It's like, uh, the Jedi's in, in uh, rise of Skywalker. There you go. It always goes back to those. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential with radio silence. And like, I, it seems like they really like this franchise and they're invested to be coming back and doing a sixth one. I mean, this one did pretty well. And then like, It'll be interesting, I guess. And obviously, you know, uh, Melissa Barrera and and Jenna Ortega's characters having Carpenter as their last name is funny. And then uh, and then, yeah, we didn't talk a lot about it, but the Billy Loomis stuff I was not expecting. I thought the CG Billy Loomis looked really good. They're getting better and better at obviously the lips still not perfect. Well, <laughs> Those, the eyes, I think, are um, the other thing. Like, yeah. I, I think that there's still that weird like uncanny valley dead eye thing where like it kind of works in this, for this it, well but. it does because he's a psychopath yeah. <laughs> and but it's also it's it's also weird that like the way that she is imagining him or or, or seeing it's him is before he dies yeah instead <laughs> of like just like sense. looking at a photo of him or something like that like that maybe like i get saw. i think that yeah i I think maybe because they reference Stab so much and you do see, um, is it Luke Wilson who plays Billy? Yes, Loomis? with like, those sweet, yeah. with those sweet bangs. So, but really then shouldn't she be seeing the Luke Wilson version of her dad? But I'm or, sure but, she's but, but seeing... there, But there is, there is a scene in, in this film, and I think again it's in the hospital when they're, or no, 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 no. It's when they're at um, Heather Mozzarato's uh, house who plays uh, Randy's, younger sister the the mother Martha of the twins Meeks, yeah um when they're watching like i went to the bathroom is she in the movie yeah yeah she oh, she so literally like part. gets yeah. them food and stuff I like that, that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah there's it's either that scene or it's a hospital scene it's again it's been a couple weeks but there's a moment where there there's like the e true hollywood story and then there's a photo yeah. of billy loomis yeah and then billy it's That's just like skeet Ulrich yeah. being like it's clearly a shot from the first Scream movie, yeah. Yeah, but, but it, it does look like a normal photo. But So I'm sure she's seen photos of her dad, so she probably yeah. took what she saw in Stab, which is a pretty accurate retelling because it's Scream, uh, of what happened at those murders and then kind yeah. of put two and two together, even though for us as an audience, we see Billy Loomis like we last saw him at the end of uh, Scream 1. So it is a bit silly, but it is something that I was totally not expecting. And it happens throughout. And I yeah, it's not a- just like one scene. Like you think, like oh, it's going to be like one moment that is kind of the reveal. It's a little that she's weird related. at the end where he's like gives the nod to her and stuff. Yeah. Like, you did it, kid. I was like, ah. I'm like, okay, um, that's a choice. And then I do like some of the playful sequences. Um, going back to the Dylan Minnette murder, um, uh the playing with the horror tropes of like things popping up behind the fridge or the mirror or things like that. Like it's really like obvious stuff, but it is still very playful. And then that's kind of what I, um, what I really, really dug and and had a lot of fun of every time he closes the door, you think something's going to pop up and then nothing does. And then 
well, also eventually gets you. The best thing I think about this entire franchise is one, the design of Ghostface, oh, but two, iconic, yeah. the way that Ghostface moves. I like that Ghostface is kind of clumsy. awkward and clumsy. Yeah. Like even best. though it was parodied and made fun in the scary movies, um, it works so well. Like I think that's no kind other, of interesting. No other horror villain is kind of like that, right? Like no. I like that each time it's a teenager who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And like they ultimately don't know what the hell they're doing, but can create these incredibly elaborate plans <laughs> with two people that can murder people in like insane ways, but also trip over everything and like stumble and like, um, or you throw and, something at them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's great. Uh, but yeah, the movie has its issues, but, uh, I ultimately had quite a bit of fun with it and I'm kind of excited to see, like I have no idea what they would tackle in the next one, right? Because they covered this legacy sequel thing. You know, in the original Scream 2, they talked about sequels. Uh, in the third one, they talked about finishing a trilogy. Yeah, you got to shoot them in the head. And then, you know, in, in 4, they did reboots. So they've kind of gone through reboots, legacy sequels, requels, whatever you want to call them. So like maybe it is that elevated horror thing or maybe it is like... I don't know what they possibly could comment on that they haven't commented on. And yeah, especially because this one does cover so much ground in terms of like what it's kind of missed in the last 10 years or so of like where horror's kind of gone with sort of the different styles of subgenres within sort of the mainstay of horror. And then, you know, like again, toxic fandom, but also kind of just looking at where legacy sequels can go like it kind of feels like a lot of these legacy sequels are one and done and then when you do another one it does feel diluted to a certain degree like something like creed 2 which i didn't mind i think creed 2 still has a lot of good stuff in it but it did not have the same impact as that first creed movie and i think almost a part of it is that time plays a factor in it all like i think if you give a franchise enough room between to be away, sequels yeah. to be away so you can kind of gather new material for something like this then that works but because it was successful and because it's kind of rebooted the franchise again they've got to do another one again so do they kind of like comment more on the second one or do they do like a remake specifically again instead of a reboot that's what i thought like do you <clears throat> yeah i don't know you could cast all new people and then comment on that as well <laughs> like yeah. that you completely reboot it and that um i don't know man it'll be interesting or some sort of spin-off thing or, or whatever it just makes me wonder if spin-offs bring... i guess would be like the one thing maybe ghostface isn't the killer <laughs> it's like that'd be weird but well ghostface like that's the other thing as well when we refer to ghostface it's like it's not a person it's just a, no a, a but that's disguise. one thing that's also fun because the voice is always the same it's always roger l jackson like you always have the same costume and i like that that he become ghostface becomes the villain even though it's two different people every time well, last thing i will say is i do wish that they maybe had uh, for a point there i was like oh they'll probably do three killers or they'll do only one killer because I was like, that's different, right? Like usually it's always two people. It's always this. It's like, 
um maybe it's three people this time or or whatever but or crossovers um, that could be one that they could do for six it would be amazing it's like literally like the end of part six it's like the reveal of the villain it's like da-na-na da-na-na and tobin (laughs) bell comes out i would love it and it's jigsaw Uh, is the jig it's jigsaw and scream or saw and saw scream or scream saw or something like who that. could you like so paramount's distributing it do you have any other property you could well friday the 13th was clearly yeah. paramount but that's a weird a lot of these horror things are, are weird and they've already referenced right? friday the 13th right so that and would also be, even, be really strange well they've but, referenced a lot of horror yeah. movies right so i don't know what they do but i i do i do wish they did something different with the killers in this one even though i get what their point was i just wish there was a third person or some sort of reveal that still was better than part bit. three though no oh, it is that villain um, is terrible yes <laughs> yeah and that gets that's when scream gets almost too silly where like, it almost where, becomes the like the horror version of a soap opera yes, or fast and, and like furious and movie. it's like you couldn't even really solve that stuff. Like with some of the things that they bring up, you're like, you're just revealing this to me now. Like you never really gave me clues for it. And like, I like how silly it is where everything comes full circle and like everything's connected and shit like that. Like it is really ridiculous. And you know, four and this one toned back some of the more ridiculous elements, like the remember the voice changer in three could do anyone's voice. Yeah, like just any human being's voice. It was like a talk like, boy. It was so dumb. Um, that would yeah. be amazing if Ghostface had a talk. Yeah. Um, Credit card, you got it. I will agree that I I really like four quite a bit. I think I liked four more than this one, to be honest. But like, I that is out there. I don't know, man. Like, I think I think four this is for the I, time that I think it, this is better than three and four. I don't think this one matches one and two though. i agree i i mean i think four and this one i both liked either of them um on my rewatch i liked four quite a bit i thought for the time in 2011 when that was made i really like the cast of that movie as well um I, I actually like four quite a bit but um i would put four maybe even above two but i um oh that is that is truly is, controversial i is, i would put it like even though i don't like four i would still put two over it just for that opening sequence in the sure, theater the theater one is great no I, I i get you but i like the meta stupid like that funny stab opening of four i think is great as well with stunt casting and stuff like that too and i like a lot of the references they made about uh, uh remakes and and stuff like that and four um again i like all of these movies even three which is bad like again it's one of those bad movies that i will continuously watch because i like this franchise and i will go through and and watch them like three is almost so bad it's kind of fun if you go back to it um because the whole movie within a movie within a movie kind of thing and the actors like it's campy it's so over the top and and silly that like I kind of buy into it. Um, I do agree it's the worst one, but like I still have fun watching it. So that being said, I liked Five Cream. I'm excited to see where it goes in the future. I think it's not without its kind of issues. And I think it's, it doesn't think it's more clever than it is, but I don't think that you can just go like, well, that was the point. And then 
just do the same thing. And I'm like, I just wanted you to be a little, like a little bit more. Like I wanted a little bit more from the ending and, and even the kills and stuff like that. So uh, some great stuff. David Arquette's great. I think most of the cast is great. Um, I really do like uh, the uh, Bettinelli open and, and Gillett. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with this franchise moving forward. So I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. I'm going to give it a three there there. Um, are you looking forward to more? It goes back to your, yeah, point of I, like... I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it and just like, <clears throat> I'm, I'm curious to see where it'll go. Like just having this conversation about like, okay, yeah. well, what can they do? You know, you between think... a year, you know, of, yeah. of, you know, between shoot, you know, finishing this film, releasing it, then doing another one. And probably it will pick up a year later. Or which less is, than a year later, like which is the very much what that did. original trilogy did, right? Well, the, so, yeah, the first two were literally shot. Like the first one came out, the second one shot back to back to back, and then the third one it took a little longer because Kevin Williamson didn't even write the script because at that point he went on to direct um, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, which is not a good movie. <laughs> Funny um, name, though. So he got, it was with Helen Mirren and uh, Katie Holmes. Um, and so he got like a, you know, story or, or, or like characters credit, but that was the one that kind of took a little bit longer. Oh, that was the, the other person that I, re- like, you know, we said, you know, cotton weary, but I think Leah Schreiber is the most interesting character in that original trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. So, and I don't think that there's a character in this movie that is as complex or interesting as Cotton was. Um, so it, it would be interesting to maybe introduce somebody or build on something that's, that maybe is there. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Cause you got to think, so just to wrap everything up to hypothesize. So you have Sam and Tara coming back, which is Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega. Then you have the twins. This the Meeks twins survived. Yeah, both of them. So Jasmine Savoy Brown and um, uh, Mason Gooding. They're the only survivors, right? Well, you said uh, Gail and Sydney, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Gail and Sydney. But I don't even know if you bring tying them back. up loose ends. I, I, I almost feel like that would be like kind of a part of like the killer's motivation is to like finally finish it all and like tidy like yeah just completely clean slate right 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 yeah i don't know what you do i there was rumors samara weaving was going to be cast because you know she worked with them on ready or not and she couldn't do it because she was scheduling yeah another movie she was in australia for something she's i think it was i think it was to do with covid i i I think i read something she was in australia for a movie and yeah maybe she couldn't get over here i think that's what she said she couldn't get over here because of covid she couldn't do it because i i I think she was supposed to play sam and then they um there was rumors that lily reinhardt was gonna play tara um and they were gonna play sisters originally and then they got you know, Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega. So maybe you bring Samara Weaving in the next one, bring her as a new character. You got to think you're going to have someone play their mom who they haven't revealed. That was another thing where she's like in Europe and she doesn't come back when her daughter. I mean, that's kind like, of like a classic horror movie. Thing I know the well. dad in the first movie too, right? Like even though he was kidnapped for a lot of it, but like I, I, I get that. It's just it's it's another one of those really silly things of like her daughter was 
literally stabbed a bunch of times and um and she's like i can't i gotta work i'm in europe sorry (laughs) no i agree i agree with you that is ridiculous but they really go out of their way to establish that this is like such a broken family and to the point where like the sisters are so estranged that they are they're not on talking terms at all um you know the the mother hasn't talked to the melissa Pereira character you know like she's not even really you know but then that's another reason to come home to be with your daughter no again in the real world it wouldn't work that way she would come back in the screen universe the parents nowhere to be found yeah and that's i mean again like it's it's it, it plays into the cliches of horror like you know Anytime someone gets into a car, the car is never going to start. You know, if somebody's running away from a killer, oh, they're going to trip on fun, something. Yeah. But yeah, I feel almost like they'll try to find like a way to retcon like who the mother is. And yeah, like, you know, they'll they'll probably bring in maybe some like like in like in these horror films, there's always, you know, veteran character actors from you know henry winkler to lance hendrickson um so i'm sure that the the radio silence guys will try to kill off dylan mcdermott or what's it was it dylan mcdermott or dermot mulrooney in which one isn't he in two or three isn't one of them so long Um, um where that's who she references mark my husband remember they get together in two or three well well um patrick dempsey's in Patrick Dempsey's who I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, why did I think of Dermot Mulrooney? Patrick McDreamy. Patrick, yeah, McDreamy. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he's in it, and he wasn't in this, which is interesting, even though she's married to him. Um, kill him off. Kill. I think you kill Sydney and Courtney Cox in the opening of the next movie. Kill them both. Right. And bring back uh, Leah Schreiber. 100% cotton. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, is it jumping the shark? But I would love. I would love them to bring back someone you thought was dead. Like that's, I think yeah. would be fun. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, if, if they do it in the fast and furious movies, so like, like why not? You like, know? like I wanted Stu, like you said, with the TV on his head or something like it yeah. melted. On or he was face. like, he's been in a coma and we yeah. didn't know about it for, yeah. for over 26 years. Like yeah. that would be funny. Um, who, okay. Like, yeah. Or Timothy Oliphant comes back or yeah. I don't know, like Jerry some, O'Connell. Yeah. I mean, he's hella dead. He was a good guy, though, right? Yeah. Um, he was He was a red herring. You thought he was, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he just gets shot in the chest when he's naked and strapped to the cross. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he gets his dick b- bitten off in Piranha 3D. And we'll end it there, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening i'm excited that we uh uh finally were able to talk about uh five cream um if you like whodunits it's a good time for you uh we also have a review up for death on the nile uh which you guys can check out uh that one will be spoiler free uh so we won't reveal although as p our friend peter pointed out peter i understand it's an old who done it that's been around for 80 years and that many people have read guess what i haven't so i didn't know what was gonna happen they did change some stuff though okay i'm curious to talk to you about that maybe not on the review but afterwards so go check out our review of death on the nile also the after party on apple tv plus we have a review up for the first three episodes but episode five is dropping right now which you guys can check out which is knives out two will be out this year as well so it's it's huge for um whodunit fans right now and i just i like that format it's just fun um i like outsmarting it but then when i outsmart it 
I go, damn, I wish they outsmarted me. Um, anyways, go check those out. <laughs> and, um, and our 114th episode where we talk about the Oscar nominees. So some great insight from two primo Oscar pundits. Uh, we just got all the inside scoops, all the um, what the voters were thinking, because we are the number one and number two Oscar pundits. So go check out uh, the 114th episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. And we also talk about other things. We will have a Super Bowl episode, Super Bowl Spectacular, where we talk about some trailers and commercials, because we'll just shill to every corporation uh, this weekend. So check that out next week. Um, if you want to find everything, YouTube podcast services, just throw in Untitled Movie Podcast or a one-stop shop over on Letterboxd, which is Untitled underscore Movies. Uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com and soon on Family Feud Canada. Uh, so please go check that out, 730 uh, Eastern on CBC. You guys can check that out. I don't know when my questions might be on the air it might not be for a long time but i'll let you know Don't well at least long. we'll know who done it <laughs> uh you can follow me on all the social medias at matt Rohrbeck. it's you oh i'm sorry <laughs> i thought you were gonna like you were like caught on like i'm gonna say something else that's before. what i say right you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. yeah now it's you. yeah but but you paused like your face was like oh am i forgetting something yeah, it I, was I, it was that. But then as I was doing that, I'm like, oh, this is when Eric goes now. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I'm Eric Fortune. You can follow uh, or find more of my reviews on uh, rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I'll be right back. <sighs> Who would play us in a stab movie about people talking about stab? any angry YouTuber. All right. Bye everyone.